0: He is. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's worthy. Uh, he's kept us so many times that we can't fully comprehend uh, His love for us. And as the Scripture says, what can separate us from the love of God? Not principalities, not powers, not wickedness, nothing. Not demons, not angels. Nothing can separate us. And I'm so thankful that we are redeemed. We are blood-bought.
1: We are safe in him.
0: Hallelujah. Nothing can pluck us out. Thank you, Lord. Nothing can pluck us out. Thank you, Lord. Uh, even when you walk away, God still has a way of keeping you. Uh, even when Peter was unsure, had some issues, some doubts, he did some nefarious things, did some things that weren't so kosher, Jesus still prayed for him that he wouldn't be sifted. So even when we've made some mistakes, one we against God, He still prays that we wouldn't be sifted, uh, that we wouldn't be lost. And again, it's our choice. God gives us free choice to serve him, but also to leave him. Amen. But I'm thankful that he he makes it to where you don't want to leave him. Some say I'm never going back. I don't know what back is. I burned that bridge, blew it up. That's because I decided that I wasn't going to go back. Amen. You got to make up in your mind today that there is no back. There is no going back. There's nothing back there for me. God has been too good. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm excited uh, to preach God's word uh, as I feel like God has given me uh, a word uh, for today. Amen. Uh, and today I want to talk just a little bit about Prayer, Amen. Uh, the the weapon of prayer, Hallelujah. So, if you'll turn to James five, now <clears throat> uh, the kids can go out. So, youth, royalty, all those, all the kids can go ahead and go out. Amen. So the weapon of prayer, James 5, 16 through 18. Say amen when you have it. If you don't have it, it's up on the screen. And it reads, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. So as I was praying and really seeking God, he began to, to deal with me about prayer. And so taught about prayer. We teach about prayer. Um, prayer is important. Yeah. Times of intercession before every service, uh, we value prayer. Uh, but one of the things that that God began to talk about is the the weapons of prayer uh, and the reality of really what we possess when we pray. Um, this morning, I, I taught the men of valor about prayer as well. And so. God had laid it on my heart very heavy to teach both men of valor and here uh, about prayer, but to begin to really explore the weapons of prayer, the power behind prayer. Sometimes we only look at prayer as what we do before we go to bed, before we eat, and when we wake up, right? We say our, we say our prayers are taught from ch- a child to do all those things, and all those are great, but our prayers are much more than God Keep me. God, allow me to have a good day. God, protect me. All, all those things, and all those are great things, and all those are wonderful, but prayer is so much more. There's, there's, there's different levels and aspects and realms of prayer that I believe God wants us to tap into, that he is literally trying to um, get us to, as my wife said earlier, tap into a river, tap into something that pours. Uh, That is effective. And so as the scripture says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful and it is effective. So what is prayer simply? uh, Prayer is communication with God. And we hear that a lot. It's a conversation with God. That's simply what prayer is. It's talking to God. It is being in relationship and communication with him. So prayer is also our connection to the power from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the power of God is infused in us through prayer. It is through being close to God. It is through uh, being in constant conversation, being in God's presence. So prayer is our window to new views. How many of y'all have ever been in a hotel room and looked out the window and seen a new view? A view you've never seen before. Whenever you go out of town, we all take pictures of the new view where we where we stay, the city, the country, wherever it is, a, a road, a the lake, the ocean, you're on a ship. You take pictures of all this stuff. So prayer opens up new views. It allows you to see different aspects of things you've never seen. Prayer, it is the answer for the future. It is the answer. For the future, that's what prayer is. It's the answer to the future. And lastly, it is our weapon to save lives, to change destinies, and to defeat every enemy. It is our weapon to save lives, to change destinies, and to defeat every enemy. So initially, when we think about prayer, we don't, think about any of those things. We just think it's something that we do when we first get saved. We give our life to Christ. We say the sinner's prayer and then we're in relationship with God. But the thing that God began to deal with me about the reality of prayer is, number one, it's power. The power that it possesses. And this scripture speaks to all the things that I really want to draw out. That prayer it's powerful and effective. It does extraordinary things. It changes lives. It saves lives. It heals. It delivers. It brings us to a place. It brings people to a place of repentance. Mm-hmm. Prayer does all these things. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of prayer is that sometimes we don't feel that we can operate at those places. So when you see the name Elijah, what do you think? A great man. A prophet. If you know anything about the Old Testament, he was one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. He did, he was second to his uh, legacy, Elisha. In miracles, he split the water. He called fire down from heaven, killed the 450 prophets. Elijah was an amazing man who served God, who was a prophet. But this is James, this is the New Testament. He goes on and says... Elijah was a human being. There was nothing special about Elijah. He wasn't something mystical. He, wasn't, he didn't have these superpowers because he was Elijah. He had these powers because he trusted God. Because he tapped into something greater. He tapped into what God wants us to be. The power that dwells inside of us via the Holy Spirit. So, as we continue to talk about prayer, prayer is so essential to the life of the believer that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, it says, pray without ceasing. So that literally means pray without stopping, halting, do it continually, do it daily, do it hourly. So someone say, well, you know, I got to work, I got to do all this. Of course, um, God is not saying that you just stay in your closet where you pray 24 hours a day. But well, what he's saying is that you would constantly, in every situation, in every circumstance, have the mind to pray. So when that difficult co-worker comes up, instead of you acting out of character, you would pray. When your boss gets on your nerves and you want to cuss him out, or you want to act crazy with them, or you're ready to knock them out, you pray. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, and they're saying, you know, Pastor, you being real churchy right now. No, I'm being real, real, real. The place that we have to get to if we want to tap into Elijah type of anointing. Praying continually. Praying always. Praying in every situation. Those are familiar words, right, in the word? Mm-hmm. Praying always in every situation, that we would find ourselves being able to do the right thing because we draw on the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right, to not fulfill the temptations of the flesh, but to be spiritually minded, not carnal, not worldly, not driven by our flesh. So we see here that he says pray without ceasing, pray in every occasion. And I'm not saying that we do this in form and ritual, I'm not saying that you set a timer and every hour you say, I'm going to pray for five minutes. God is not looking for that. Mm -hmm. He's not looking for the religious. Check the box. God, I prayed 62 times today. I'm a great believer. He's not interested in that. He's not interested in religious jargon, uh, as we'll see. So Jesus was our greatest example Uh, And in Matthew 14 and 23, it says, After he had sent the crowd away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. There are so many scriptures where Jesus went away and prayed. He was alone. Some scriptures say he prayed all night. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. Jesus prayed before he chose the 12 disciples. Jesus prayed because he needed to know the will of his father. He needed to know what was next. He needed to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. So just like Elijah, you know, Jesus was simply a man, right? So we know that he is absolutely God. But in the flesh, Jesus was just like me and you. Completely man. There's no debate about it. He had two natures. One was God and one was man. But the God nature did not ever overrule the natural. So Jesus lived perfectly in the flesh through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible talks about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of us. So if you remember that when John had baptized Jesus, he was fulfilling the law, to be baptized and then he went on and the dove descended right the power of the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus so Jesus himself walked in the power of the Holy Spirit sometimes we think while Jesus was completely supernatural don't get me wrong he was still a man and if he prayed so much to operate the way he did how much more do we have to pray How much do we have to know the will of the Father? How much do we have to literally get in his presence continually to do what he did? So we say, I say do what he did, but he actually prayed that we would do more than what he did. So we're able to walk in the things and the miracles, in the prophecy, in the, the casting out of demons and all these things, the same as Jesus did. That was the thing that God was really dealing with me as praise and worship was going on. Is he's like, tell them there was nothing special about these men and these women when they operated in the power of God. You can operate in the same power. There's nothing holding you back but you. There's not some, there wasn't a special qualification. Of course, we know Jesus was the Savior, and I'm not minimizing his, uh, his divinity because he was completely God. He was the only one capable of doing what he needed to do. But the Bible says at every point he was tempted. So every time that you're tempted not to pray, so was Jesus. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, and because he knew the call on his life, he knew that he couldn't falter. He had to be completely connected to God. He had to know the will of the Father. He had to walk in the will of the Father in order to accomplish what it was that he needed to do. So going back to uh, prayer not being a form and a ritual. So prayer is about relationship. How many of y'all got friends in here? Anybody? Everybody's got friends. All y'all got friends. you do. If your friend was to call you every day at the same time and say the same thing, how long would y'all be friends? They call you every day. At the same time, saying the same thing day after day. How long would y'all be friends? Three days. Uh, three days? Okay. <laughs> Not very long. That's what we do to God. We say our same one minute prayer. We wake up. God, thank you. God bless me on this day. God, keep me, sanctify me, make me holy. Danger seen and unseen. Day after day. Day after day. And don't get me wrong. It is, it, is, it is absolutely nothing wrong with short prayers, all those things. But you get what I'm saying, that if that's all we do, what kind of relationship do we really have with God? That's good. How are we communicating, communing with God? How are we building a relationship with him? For one, if we're the only ones talking and we don't ever take any time to hear what he's trying to say to us, because God is always speaking. God speaks. He gives us words. He gives us those new views. He gives us power. He gives us insight. He gives us revelation. He gives us all these things if we'll spend time with him. So imagine your friendship. The only way for it to blossom is to be in communion. To talk about different things. To find out what's on God's heart. When's the last time you prayed and said, God, what's on your heart? Because we will stay at kind of the baby level of prayer. And it's just prayer about us. God worked it out for me. God helped me. God, I need this. God, work on them. God, fix them. God, something's wrong with them. That's that's the beginning steps of, of prayer. So, again, God does not want a ritual, a form or a ritual. So, prayer was so important that in Matthew 6 and 5, he said this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they already have their full reward he says don't play pray like the hypocrites who will stand up there oh father god most holy one of israel you god alone are evil again i cannot judge the intent of a person's heart and i'm not in no way making fun of anyone and how they pray but when you pray to be seen he says you've gotten your reward We do intercessory prayer. We have people come up here and pray, and that's much different. We're praying God's will. We're praying that he would come. We're praying that he would stay here. We're praying all these things. We're not praying to be seen. We're not using big words and and ensuring that it's all scripted out so it's entertainment and it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And, yes, there is a level of preparedness that needs to be done uh, in any time that you speak, but it comes down to, you don't just pray to be seen. And you don't tell people, well, I'm praying today. 12 hours, I just got out of 12 hours of prayer. He says, you just received your reward. Everybody's like, ooh, 12 hours of prayer. Like you're so spiritual. You've received everything that you're going to get from that 12 hours of prayer. So we have to be very careful in our prayer. Because it actually, he tells us to go in the closet and shut the door. Mm-hmm. He said, and, and I'll reward you openly when you do it in secret. And people don't need to know that you pray for twelve hours or you I pray every day you know I pray without ceasing you've gotten your reward everybody claps and says great job then he goes on to tell us, don't pray like the hypocrites and their vain babbling okay so Matthew six and seven says when you pray don't babble on and on as people of other religions do they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. God wants sincere prayers. He wants prayers from the heart. He wants prayers from his word. He wants in this relationship because one of the aspects of prayer is that you remind God of what he has said. You remind him of his promise. God, you promised this and that. You promised you would heal me. You promised me you would deliver me. And that's not vain repetition but what happens is people will just say the same thing thinking that if I just keep on saying it just keep on and 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 keep on like I'm going to wear God down. Now we remind God of his promises. Now you can say every day God you promised to heal me. That's not vain babbling. That is reminding God of his word but it is when you're just doing it to check the box off. Let me read this prayer today. See here. Father God most holy Pastor told me I need to pray every day and I can read this paper. That's to help you. At some point it has to be it's to come from your heart. So imagine if we get on the phone, I'm like, hey Ebony, you doing all right today? Oh, okay. That's really good to hear. Is there anything else going on with you? so just imagine that. Like this is how real God wants us to be. He's not looking for scripts. He's not looking for form and ritual. He's not looking for you just to do it because the pastor told you to do it. So it's just like a friendship. God God is our friend. Contrary to popular belief, the word says that God is our friend. Uh, He loves us. He's also our father. Jesus is our brother. All those things. So he, he, he wants to be in relationship with you. So prayer... As a weapon, Ephesians 6 and 12 reads this for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of, of the unseen world, against mighty powers uh, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So, personal prayer. Personal prayer is sometimes the only focus of prayer that we have, and that is just one aspect. So I'm not knocking personal prayer because we have to have personal prayer, but let me, under, let me help you to understand where personal prayer stops at. So personal prayer makes us strong, makes us ready for war. But imagine if you prepare, imagine as a soldier or in a gym or whatever, to go to war, to run a race, to work out, but you never, ever use it. So that's what personal prayer is. It's needed, required, and and a necessity. But imagine a soldier that never went to war. And I mean, not they didn't have the opportunity to go to war. They never went to war. They planned and prepared and shot and did this. But when it was time to go to war, I'll just keep practicing. That's, at times, how it is. That there is a war being fought. And your prayer life is needed save people, to change destinies, to intercede, to bring people back to God. But if you just keep it at that level, you're basically preparing but never going to war. So we have to get out of the the beginning stages or the preparatory stages or the getting prepared for what God wants us to do and step out. So as we begin to Pray. Oh, prayer for others. So, this is kind of a, a second level. Uh, we call it intercession, interceding, standing in in between. Uh, here, we call it gap standing. So, it's, it's, it's literally, uh, as I was preparing this and thinking about and praying, this is what God began to, to show me about intercession and, and gap standing or standing in the gap for someone. It's literally you're standing between reality and truth, reality and truth, reality is sick, unsaved, depressed, oppressed, whatever is going on, that's a reality, it's real, it's going on, but the truth is healed, delivered, set free, healed, delivered, set free, and so we're literally in a tug of war between reality and truth. And as intercessors, we're literally closing that gap. So so in Matthew, it talks about praying on earth as it is in heaven. So the reality is this sin, cursed, sick, whatever it is, heaven, and that's earth, heaven is the truth, healed, delivered, set free. So there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease, there's no oppression, there's, there's nothing sinful in heaven, but on earth we're full of it. So he said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So another aspect of prayer as we intercede for others, that you have the faith in knowing that yes, that reality is there, but we're praying the truth of God's word. We're praying the truth. That they are healed, delivered, set free. They are saved. They are changed. They are Thank walking in the power of God. Yep. They are able to, to, to grab a hold of everything that God has for them. So that's intercession, to stand in the gap, to petition, to be between life and death. That's good. So when they stand up here and pray, that's literally what they're doing. is causing heaven to invade earth. And that's what our prayers do, is that it changes circumstances. Situations. So in James, it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, powerful and effective. It moves things. It causes things to change. It causes things to overcome or you to overcome things. So prayer is not simply I'm just going to do my due diligence diligence. And we say it so often that it has become very um, watered down. Prayer changes things. We say it all the time. Pray until, uh, pray until something happens and all these other things. And those are all great, but sometimes we lose the effectiveness of it and how powerful really it is because we don't really walk in it. We don't, we don't, we don't take the, the time. And so one of the things about prayer and one of the interpretations, it began to talk about the work of prayer. The work of prayer. Prayer takes work. You know that? It takes due diligence. It takes time. It's not instantaneous. So God began to remind me of Daniel. So Daniel prayed, right? Daniel prayed. And the angel came and he said, I answered your prayer when you first prayed. But I was resisted by principalities and powers and witness. So basically, evil spirits in the region fought me. So the angels had to fight to get the answer to prayer to you, and it took 21 days. That's why we must persist in prayer. Because sometimes we give up after the first time, like God doesn't answer prayers. You know, i prayed, and I haven't heard him, and this ain't worked out, and this ain't happened, and I've been praying for this for a year. But have you thought about the truth of God's word, that he said that if you ask according to my will, it will be done. We don't believe that. If we pray according to his will, it will be done. We have to understand that we're in a a spiritual battle here. We're in a war. And the enemy is going to do everything to hold up your prayer. So God can absolutely just send the prayer through, overcome everything. Part of it is, Will you believe? Because imagine if you prayed, and every time you prayed, it happened. How much faith would you have to extend? How often would you have to trust God? You wouldn't even have to trust him. So it is part of the process of your faith growing that God doesn't do it automatically. He's going to see, will you persist in prayer? Will you keep praying? Will you keep trusting Will you keep believing, even when the report that you're sick is bad and you've prayed and we've anointed with oil. And he says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. We've spoke over it. We've declared it and we haven't seen it happen. Do you know there's an unseen war between your healing and the sickness? The enemy wants you to stay sick. He wants you to stay bound. He wants you to stay delivered. Or undelivered, not undelivered. He wants you to... <laughs> not, de- not delivered, bound. That's right, he wants you to stay bound. And so there's a war going on. And so you can't be discouraged when you pray and it doesn't automatically happen. That's why in Luke, he talks about ask, seek, and knock. Right? He says, ask, seek, and you got to do something. So you ask, God, do this. Then you seek, you pray his word, You remind God. And then at times you got to be like, hey God, hey I've been praying this for a while. Uh, Just letting you know, you promised. You said you would do it. Persistence in prayer. Sometimes we pray and give up. We pray and say it's never going to work out. We pray and just concede, well, the enemy is stronger than God. Like I'm not going to say that out in the open because then everybody's going to rebuke me and, and look at me crazy, but Persistence in prayer, God is wanting us to be able to be at the place where Elijah who prayed I was talking to the men this morning, and sometimes we can be looked at very strange when we will speak to the weather, speak to hurricanes and tornadoes and to weather systems and all this stuff like that, because you know this weather wasn't created by God. so snow, rain, all was because of the fall. And all because of sin. So God didn't create anything that was destructive. Everything he created was good. And so when, he, when, when sin happened, before sin, it had never rained. And it actually never rained until Noah. Why? Because of the increased wickedness. He decided to flood the whole earth. So we see here that we, as Jesus, had control of the winds and waves. So we can speak to things. Natural miracles. We have that power and that ability, but not if you can't believe to pray away to pray away a headache. How are you gonna control a tornado? Tornado. 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 I love <laughs> How are we gonna pray against a tornado or against any natural phenomenon or against an evil spirit that would come and manifest itself? God is trying to grow us up. He's trying to get us to a place of prayer where we can trust him for the supernatural. He said signs and wonders would follow those that believe. Signs and wonders would follow those that believe. So we're in a time now where the gifts are very prevalent. Uh, They're they're in operation, and God wants to see them move even more. But if your prayer life is not there, you're never going to be able to give this person a word because you're not sure if you really heard the voice of God. Is it just my mind? Was I just thinking that? But when you're, in your, when, his, when you're in his presence, you know his voice. You know clearly that that's him. That God is wanting you to say this to this person. Or God is wanting you to lay hands on this person to rebuke this or rebuke that. So, prayer and healing. actually I'm getting ahead of myself. So, I talked about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Matthew 6 and 10. So there's also a principle of called binding and loosing, and that's Matthew 16 and 19. And so the Amplified Version really brings out the context of what binding and loosing, what it is, it, what, what it truly is. It says, whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper or unlawful on earth, will be already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, or declare lawful on earth will already be loosed in heaven. So, we have the power to bind something, to declare unlawful. Sickness is unlawful in your life. That's good. We have the power to declare healing is lawful in your life because of the word of God. So, we have the power to bind and loose in prayer, to open up doors, to, to, to speak favor and blessings. But we have to get past just praying for ourselves. Yeah. We have to get past five minute prayers before we're going to be able to bind and loose, before heaven is going to be able to hear us. And send angels. That's he says good. he puts That's his good. angels' charge over us That's that we good. can speak to the angels. We talk about protection and, and, and the blood of Jesus and covering and, and binding and loosing. We've got to spend more than five minutes in prayer. And we've got to do more than just listen to me preach. Right? Yeah. So this morning I was talking to the men. And we we're talking about if, if, if I ask you some questions about U.S. history. And you've never taken a U.S. history class. How are you going to learn about U.S. history? You're going to read a book. But in church, we believe that I'm just going to listen to the pastor or the teacher, and I'm going to know everything that I need to know for that course. That's not true, not even in college, right? Like you can listen to the professor. You can take some notes. You better read that book. You better read that 167 chapters, pages, not chapters, pages, and know all of them for the test. At times we believe that it's just by osmosis, which is this. I said it on my head long enough. If I pray hard enough, I'm going to know how to pray. You got to read, you got to study, you got to pray with people, you got to connect with someone that prays better than you. A lot of times we're intimidated, like, well, I don't, you know, they pray really good. Like I, I don't, want, you know, they gonna know I don't I don't really pray. What? who cares? You're trying to get better, you're trying to get stronger. Don't worry about that's, that's sometimes, a lot of the times, the issue is that we won't get around people that are better than us, further along than us, because we're intimidated, we're jealous, we're, whatever, but that is a key to success. People that are smart get around people that are smarter than them. Why? To grow, to find a mentor, to understand how did you get to that place? Because we don't know everything. So this is the same in prayer. Get with someone you see that they really can pray. Talk to them. How did you get to that place? What you're going to find out is that they spend a lot of time in prayer. They spend a lot of time reading. They they spend a lot of time in God's word. So ensure that we are doing what is necessary to get to the place where God wants us to do. So prayer for healing. Again, James 5 and 16, he says, And the prayer of faith is offered, and the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make them Well, so we know that God has given us power over all the power of the enemy. He's given us authority to speak to demonic spirits, to speak to, um, and a lot of people are afraid of the demonic. So there's been a very uh, great resurgence of uh, the demonic or or deliverance, I'll say. And so people will uh, not understand the demonic and, and demons, and all those things like that. But I'm thankful that uh, even as I, I can, sen- can continue to pursue deliverance uh, in, in wanting to walk in a greater level of deliverance, uh, that God has given each of us power over all the power of the enemy. And I know sometimes it can seem like it's scary because if you see stuff, people manifesting and screaming, and spitting up, and doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the reality is is that those are not bad people of just people that are bound. Sometimes those people are believers uh, contrary to belief that a believer uh, while he cannot be possessed can have some rooms taken up with residents of evil spirits can be oppressed. Uh, As a believer you cannot be controlled by a demon but it can influence you. It can speak to you. Uh, it It can be on you but it cannot be in you. So understanding the the, the power and the presence that God is working in us, that God is doing in us as we pray. He's given us power and authority to drive out demons and over all the power of the enemy. So praying in the spirit, uh, that's speaking in tongues. Uh, So we believe that uh, God has given us supernatural power to speak in a heavenly language. And in Romans 8 and 26 it reads this, it reads like this, and likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray, what we should pray for uh, as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't always know how to pray. We don't always feel like praying. Therefore, we need to pray in the Spirit, uh, Spirit's power to help us to pray. So understanding that speaking in tongues is not something scary. Uh, we believe uh, while the Holy Spirit is inside of you, At the time of salvation so when you're saved the Holy Spirit is there but then there's something called being baptized in the Holy Spirit and so baptized is just like water baptism right you're immersed overflowing overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and we believe at that time that you will speak with other tongues and so there's nothing mysterious about speaking in tongues outside it is an advantage That you have. As the scripture says, it helps you to pray when you don't know what to pray for. So faith is required in prayer. But when you speak in tongues, there is no faith required because you don't know what you're saying. The Spirit is praying to God a perfect prayer. And so sometimes the church is very much afraid of speaking in tongues. I don't know what they're saying. They're praying some evil spirit on me. They're praying a curse on me and all this stuff like that, which we know is absolutely not true. The Holy Spirit, uh, in the book of Acts, Paul says, I wish that that all of you pray in the Spirit. I wish that all of you speak in tongues. So that's something that enhances your prayer life is speaking in tongues, uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, allowing him to have complete control in your life. And so the last and most important prayer is the prayer of salvation. So Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So it is that prayer that allows us to come into relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. It is that prayer that forever changes our life. It is one of the most powerful prayers that literally takes you from life to death. So that's part of our prayers that we should know how to lead someone to Christ. Again, that's part of intercession. That is part of witnessing. That is part of people being able to save lives. So we're here to rescue people. So knowing what salvation is all about, knowing that God has come to change them, to deliver them, to heal them, and to set them free. So as we have our weapons, as we realize that Elijah was just a man, but he prayed, he said, and it didn't rain for three and a half years, God is saying today that as you spend time with him, he's going to give you the power to change destinies, to save lives, to intercede, to see your loved ones saved, to see not just your life change because we will again stay at the beginning steps and and continue to prepare for war but never get into war. We won't go past our own selfish need that God can use you even in broken places. God can use you even when you don't know fully all the scriptures but you're willing to learn. You're willing to team up with somebody that can help you to get further than you. So today Know that God wants us to pray. He wants us to go to the next place. Uh, I believe that over the next seven days, uh, I have prepared some papers, two papers, uh, for seven days of prayer. Uh, just some info to help you to begin to pray. Uh, there's different prayers on there. The first day is personal prayer, the second day is family and friends, the third day, you can read it, um, there's for the nation, for the city, for the world, for the church. So each day we're going to have a concentrated focus on prayer. And this is info to help you to begin to jumpstart your prayer life. So because some people will say, I don't know what to pray. I don't even know how to pray. Well, real quick before I end, there's, there's an acronym at the very top that talks about ACTS. It's A-C-T-S. It's really simple. And it talks about, these are, these are just the basic steps of prayer that as you pray, these are some of the things that you want to include. The first one being adoration. Basically, you tell God how much you love him, how much you need him, how wonderful he is, you give him praise, you worship him, you just, just go all the way in and just adoring God. Because most of the time when we start our prayers, it's like, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, please help me. I need you, heal me, deliver me, set me free. God change me, God change them. God don't let me kill them. <laughs> We're going in prayer backwards. We're literally going in prayer backwards. So adoring God, telling him how much you love him, worshiping him, and then confession. So part of James 5 and 16 talks about the righteous man. Someone say, well, I don't, I'm not always righteous. But that's true. But that doesn't negate the fact that you can't pray and that you can't it won't be effective so it says the righteous man so it says here in john 1 and 9 and if we confess our sins he's what faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness so basically he will restore us as we confess our sins so as we adore god as we worship him we then should confess our sins every time we pray that we can walk in this promise that a righteous man's prayers are effective and full of power. Then thanksgiving goes back to thanking God, blessing him, thanking him for all the blessings that he's given us. And then supplication, we can ask God for what we need in Jesus' name. So those are some really quick, basic steps. So you should want to know more about prayer. There are so many resources out there about prayer. Uh, there's one thing that if you want it, um, you can see Victory. We can get your email address. And there's something called the Little Red Book. They used to uh, sell it. They don't sell it anymore. It's about 180 pages of prayers for everything you could ever imagine. 180 pages. And it's it's, it's, it's just a red book. But if you search online, get on Google, and uh, type in the Little Red Book or Little Red Prayer Book, it'll come up. There's a PDF. But we can email it to you uh, to help jumpstart your prayer life. It is, it is essential that as believers we come into a stronger prayer life. God wants it. God is speaking. If you want to know about your future, you want to know about your life, you want to know all the things that God has for you, uh, he says pray. Amen.
1: Daniel said, do not be afraid. Um, Your prayer, I heard your prayer as soon as you prayed it. And I'm here because of your words. I'm here because of your words. So the answer came because of what Daniel asked for. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to have a prayer answered and God is saying, I'm here because of what you said. Amen. Because of what you requested. I'm here because of your words. It, and the other part that was so great about it was when he said, your prayer was heard as soon as you prayed it. Uh-huh. But if you're not opening your mouth and you're not praying anything, then heaven's not hearing anything from you. But he said, the moment that you pray, I hear. And then your answer comes because of your words. Your words have power but you have to use your words in order for it to happen. You are the one that has to open up your mouth and begin to declare. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God hears you when you pray? Look, I ask the question, Everybody, like, hmm, do you believe that God hears you when you pray? Or you feel like, I'm just talking in the atmosphere and I don't know if he's listening or not. He hears you when you pray. Not only does he hear you, but he answers you. Anybody ever had that an answered prayer? Show by listening Has God ever answered any of your prayers? Like, you looked around and was just like, Shucks, he did it. <laughs> he answered my prayer. Do you know that he doesn't just hear Pastor Josh in my prayer, but he hears your prayer too? Don't you pray for me? You think he's listening when you pray for me? At least, I, first of all, I hope you pray for me. <laughs> I hope you. Both hope you're calling my name. Don't you hope I'm calling yours? Some of y'all are like, no, nah, I don't want you to pray for me because he might show you something. <laughs> just just keep, your, keep your prayers to yourself. Because if you ain't hey, that right, that's a mom. Keep your prayers to yourself. <laughs> keep your prayers to yourself because if, if you start praying, he might show you something. Then gonna be calling me and texting me and all that. You don't pray for me. I pray for you anyway. And believe it. Somebody needs your prayers today. Are you willing to pray for someone else? Come on, everyone.